What have we here? Good day, Galaxy. This is Commander Cody here with you. Mopar is absent today, but we are sneaking in a bonus episode. I'm here live at Land Grant Brewing, which if you guys have been paying attention, we did this beer for The Last Jedi when it came out called The Last Red Eye, courtesy of these crazy mofos here at Land Grant. So I'm here, we're gonna talk to a few of the guys about the beer, about the movie, go through some theories, rant and rave a little bit, do our usual thing. Um, Wanna pass it over to you guys just so you can introduce yourselves. Justin. Hello, Um, I am Justin Reich, brewer at Land Grant Brewing Company. And then this is. I'm Vincent Valentino, uh, wow. sustainability manager Great at Land Grant Brewing Company. Good Thanks to have you. Thanks for joining us, guys. Oh, Justin. Wow. Thank you. So Jeez. excited today. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too geeked about Star Wars. Come on. I was just geeked about Vinny being here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So again, I got to say thanks to you guys for helping us get this beer made. It was a big hit. As you guys know, it sold out from wherever it was around Columbus, like in a day or two. It was great. It was, yeah. And it turned out one of the best beers I've ever had. It was yep. fantastic. Well, thank you. And I don't say that just because I was here helping make it. You did. It was delicious. It really was. Thank you very much. So yeah. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I wish I could say that we had some here to review, but like I said, it went so quick. And I think it would be a very biased review. <laughs> right. I made this beer and it's the best beer ever. <laughs> this, this one's awful. <laughs> no. Uh, it's my harshest critic. <laughs> uh, but do you want to just chat about the process behind coming up with it? Yeah. Uh, the recipe? Um, ingredients. I guess the process, I mean, you guys came to us. That was all you. And you even had the idea for the name. So that was kind of, that whole part of it was all fleshed out. The creative aspect in that sense was already there. Um, As far as the beer went, I mean, with the name Last Red Eye, I think the the thought was that we wanted it to be like a red eye, the like coffee drink, which is a cup of coffee with a shot of espresso in it. So we wanted the the beer to have a coffee-like base. Yeah. Um, so we actually used a malt that we had never used before here at Land Grant. It was um, kiln coffee malt. Yeah. Um, which is a uh, it's a roasted malt that gives the beer a very coffee-centric flavor. Um, then we ended up um, aging the beer for three days on espresso beans from Stoffs, which is. Right in our backyard down here in Franklinton now, Hell which yeah. is exciting. Nice. Um, but no, it turned out, the beer turned out really, really good, yeah. I thought. Um, like, I don't want to know whether it tasted exactly like a red eye or not, but it <laughs> tasted like a coffee <laughs> Close beer enough. for sure. But <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of people come up to us and say they're not huge beer fans, not huge coffee fans. Yeah. But they love the beer. Yeah. I mean, I thought... I thought it did strike a nice balance in between it. It wasn't yeah. a heavy beer by any means. Right. Looking at it, you thought it would. What are you laughing about? <laughs> you say strike a nice balance. Like, are you trying to lead into... To my Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> strike a nice balance. <laughs> Spark. <laughs> All those keywords. Motif. Yeah. <laughs> Porg. 
<laughs> oh no, um, it was there was. I know there have been like a a couple coffee varietals here, but I thought that was like the smoothest one we've had. Like the the flavor was, <laughs> you know, me. very. The coffee flavor was like right at the front of it. Yep. But I, it was just so easy to drink. Oh yeah. You know, and I think I'm biased because I like dark beers a little bit more. I think, but and it wasn't too rich. Yeah. For a porter, yeah. We definitely, uh, we definitely have kind of figured out how to better achieve coffee flavors um, from the beans just through trial and error. Uh, we've had a couple of coffee beers here, and I think now that we have the process down, I think we can definitely do more in the future with it. But yeah. is it is it really hard to like make a coffee beer? Like, is it more difficult than don't, a beer without that kind of infusion? I don't want to say it's incredibly hard. Um, I think the one thing that is more difficult like specifically with how we make the beer. Um, so I don't know how technical we want to get into the, uh, the brewing terminology, <laughs> but the, uh, the tank that we carbonate the beer in, um, so we'll ferment a beer in a fermentation vessel, we'll transfer it, filter it and transfer it, or put it through a centrifuge and then transfer it into a uh, bright tank, which is where we uh, pump CO2 into it to carbonate it. It is in that tank. We actually sit it on top of just whole coffee beans. Hmm. Um, much like making cold brew coffee, there's like a certain point where the coffee flavor is like perfect. It could either be too light or it could be way too much when you're picking up like those like really grassy kind of mm-hmm. almost peppery like tannins from the uh, the coffee beans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that I guess the hardest part with making a coffee beer is just figuring out when the beer is ready and then making sure you're getting it off of those beans right then and there and not leaving it on it too long. Mm. Nice. So. Nice. So in, you know, simpler terms, it's brewing a porter and then throwing it over some coffee. Exactly. How, um, so correct me if I'm wrong, caffeine gets transferred over into the beer when you put it on the beans like that for extended amount of time. <laughs> um... I have not really looked into that. I don't think I am the, the person to ask this question. I could lie and say, oh, for sure. Just yeah, say so you guys got to put the caffeine amount next to the ABV and everything yeah, there you on the go. label. It's a lot. I would definitely equate the beer to the uh, the original formula of a Four Loco. Um, <laughs> but not only the Almost flavor. Down to the, yeah. The caffeine's there. Mm-hmm. That great flavor that Four Loco had <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> the cough syrup flavor, you, uh-huh. got, you got that in there and everything. Ohio State students circa 2007 <laughs> will, uh, will be very excited. Oh, I remember. I'll kick the table. Okay. <laughs> okay. Watch Don't out. get too excited about Four Loko. <laughs> you know, they went away for a little bit. They're, They're back around, on the market, right? right? They're yeah, back. No, I think they, they had to like, they had to they shut down for it. down, yeah. I think. I don't. Well, it was yeah, like yeah. there was too much caffeine in it. It was it. like doing Coke is what they equated it to, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I think is like, I remember... I know we're going off on a tangent here. Um, it's the name of the game, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had uh, I had two one night in college. I learned that lesson early on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to avoid maybe a half of one is to probably avoid the right amount. Four loco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I'm just imagining you at like a house party. Just. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't even. Oh. A, it wasn't even a house party. It was like I think. My brother's friend didn't want to buy beer for some reason. 
And he wanted, God, it was like a watermelon flavor. And I think the other one was grape. And they heard such negative things about like one of them that they didn't want to drink it. So it just sat in my fridge (laughs) and we didn't have anything else. And it was like a Friday night. And I don't, for the purposes of this podcast, I was totally 21 years old. But I don't know whether I was. <laughs> and I was okay. You can't remember. I was desperate. And I was just like, all right. Yeah, this is great. What a good idea. <laughs> oh, my God. That was bad. Yeah. For whatever reason. <laughs> really I, bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always like, got hyper the, um, and drunk at the same time. Not a good, uh, not a good combo. <laughs> I always got the cough syrup flavor for, I don't know why, the cherry. Oh, God. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know. It was. It wasn't cherry flavor. I think it was just called Cop. Robitussin. <laughs> <laughs> With a nice Robitussin infusion. <laughs> this one we uh, we actually aged in the bright tank on top of uh, Hall's cough drops. <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah, for, did they ever have a menthol flavor before? Okay. Just, <laughs> we fermented on top of uh, used cough syrup bottles. Mm. <laughs> the cap's off, so you can really get that full-bodied flavor. All this to say that the red eye was amazing. Thank right. you. Best beer ever. It might not have been tasty. cocaine in a can, but <laughs> damn it, we tried. It was close. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're drinking now, you have the same beer, right? I do, yeah. Son of a Mutter? Yeah. This is one of my Son favorites, of a actually. I, this is I, one of my favorites of you guys. I definitely think this is, uh, I would say it's probably our most underrated beer here mm-hmm. at Land Grant. I would agree. Um, I don't know. I think it's a really, really well-balanced brown ale. Um Nice chocolatey notes to it, but I, not too overpowering. Yeah. In I think here's how I think of Son of a Mutter, and I will translate to video game terms. <laughs> Son of a Mutter is like drinking Son of a Mutter is like playing as Mario in Super Smash Brothers. Incredibly well balanced. Balance. <laughs> Balance. But it like everyone's like, oh man, you're just doing like there's nothing exciting about that. It's like, no. It's a standby. It's a classic. What's important to have those, you know? And with this explosion of craft brewing, people are trying to brew the wackiest shit ever. So which to we, have those... Which, which I mean, I, I love doing that. Oh, that's yeah. like, Justin's that's our my, weird guy. I'm the, weird, <laughs> I'm the quirky weird one. Well, we just made a coffee beer for Star Wars, so... That's true. Yeah. I wouldn't say a coffee beer's all that weird. More no, a cough syrup beer. Well, it isn't... We're doing yeah. that next. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. So I'm going to so I'm gonna hold you guys to it. Yeah. We are... Oh, man. That's going to be... <laughs> But yeah, Couldn't when you have, you. if you don't have those solid beers, like solid lagers and stuff to go back to, the yep. wacky beers really don't mean much because what the hell? Well, then you don't have a, uh, you don't have anyone to sell the wacky beers to if you don't have a, like, there you go. I always look back at, like, I know we have a, a decent amount of hoppy beers here, but um, I always look back at IPAs. Like, you can judge a brewery by its IPA. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you don't have a good IPA, um, you can't have a hard time in the modern beer market. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I believe it. Not that the mutter is like that at all. But <laughs> so I got to introduce you guys to our rating system. So we do, uh, it's out of three stars. And we just do three stars is like best of the best. You'd recommend it to anybody. So even if it's, if you're not an IPA fan, this IPA is a three stars. You should try it anyways. You'll mm-hmm. like it. Right. Two stars is solid beer. One star is worth trying. And zero stars is avoid. At all costs. So what would you say for the red eye after you guys have had it? For red eye? Um, obviously, obviously, like four stars probably. <laughs> Actually, Vinny, I'm going to let you go first. Just to take the pressure off me. I would say uh, three stars. And I say that with like the intention that I 
love coffee and dark beer. So it like, and it's like a Star Wars beer. So 100%. like, it hits it, every point. It could have like <laughs> been filled with rocks, and I was still would have been like, this is it's Star Wars theme. I'm having. Well, the funny thing about that. <laughs> 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 After the beans, they weren't shit on rocks. There no. were no espresso beans. <laughs> we bought them off some random guy down here on the street in Franklinton. He's just like, "Oh yeah, these are espresso beans. Those are clearly pebbles. <laughs> They're just rocks." <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, the brewer himself. Like I said earlier, I'm biased, um, and I feel like I am my harshest critic a lot of the time. I, I'd give it about, I'd give it about a two point five to a three. Just because there are things that I would like to change with it, mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I did. I did really enjoy it. I thought yeah. it turned out pretty well for what we were going for. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And we chatted about it last time we recorded. We did our full Last Jedi review, and we both said three. Everyone gave it zero. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> the beer's actually not bad, but it's the brewers. Yeah, who made it? <laughs> it was more rating the uh, the brew day experience is what it was. It was just like, oh god, yeah, hanging out with that guy for a day. God, you did get a firsthand look at how incredibly exciting brewing is, though. Didn't you? It is exciting. <laughs> it's a, and it's it a, may just be because I've never done it, or guess, I've only yeah, done it once. If you've never really been a part of it before, I guess it's super exciting. But like, there is a lot of waiting. A whole lot like of you waiting. Said. A lot of waiting. A lot of cleaning. You know what you guys should be doing is recording a podcast in between all those waiting periods. So, I'll, I'll about, put the, I'll about, put... <laughs> about the silence that happens in those waiting periods. Yeah. It's like you have to come up with a short story every day and reenact there it you go. over like a 45 minute period. Yeah. Create a beer, the theme of the beer, the name of the beer, this whole backstory, make characters. There you go. <laughs> Gonna make it. <laughs> I have an ongoing series to, yeah. to record while you're brewing stuff. <laughs> I'm sure we'd all be really for that. <laughs> I know. Just Chris would fucking love that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can I cuss on here? Oh yeah. Sweet. Okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna try my best was, not to. There was cussing in our intro. You. <laughs> oh yeah, there was. Um, great I, pu- I put that there because it was like, if you get to the intro and you can't handle that, you should probably not be right. listening to this right now. Um, but yeah, and the cool thing about that is that every other brewer goes through the same exact process. They would love that shit. They could just play the show while they're in their brewing. Like, man, we got to wait here while it boils. I'm going to let you know right now, that probably wouldn't fly in the first <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> Anything to flex that creative muscle. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, guys, it's time to talk about maybe one of the most divisive Star Wars movies that's ever been made. <laughs> Phantom Menace? <laughs> <laughs> That, that that held that spot for a while. Yeah. Allegedly, Empire was it divisive? Strikes Back was also divisive. That's yeah, I, I heard that I'm one wasn't that. like the the hit star that it was right when it came out. No, yeah, that like when it when it came out, it was a very 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 divisive. So but we're just good. gonna talk about Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, let's time. get into it. Okay, so we open. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just scene one. We yeah. pan down a planet made of ice. Okay, my thought about that planet. <laughs> No, no. Um, Last Jedi. This has erupted though. It's been kind of crazy. People well, so are freaking out. It's People been are a week, their minds. two weeks, uh, week almost two half. weeks. Uh, two weeks tonight. Two weeks tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we yeah, saw yeah. it Thursday night. Yeah. So we'll just yes, we just did. to. <laughs> Vinny and I were in the same theater. Actually, <laughs> we weren't sitting near each other. We weren't sitting near each other. I was behind him. 
by like probably 10 rows. You just randomly end up in the same spot? No. We I planned mean, on going, but then like the execution of meeting up totally fell through. That was my fault. By yeah, the way. I got, uh, we got tied up at, God, what? Oh, Mad Max beforehand. Drinking. I uh, love that place. I do really I've like never Mad been Max. There. Oh, really? I was yeah. being sarcastic. I, I you don't like it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's not talk crap about other local businesses. I actually enjoy Mad Max. <laughs> That's a good I think it's a. Uh... <laughs> you must have just been there on a bad day. Yeah. No, I I went to uh, I went to Polly G's beforehand. Did you? Yeah. I was there the first time the other day. Great place. That Locks pizza they had. Boom. Ooh. All you need. Did you have it? it sounds tantalizing. You have I, that have, one? I have before. This one a bunch one? of times. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so good. It sounds awesome. Oh my god! Never even heard of such a you know creation on pizza before. Ooh, it was good. Let's just not talk about Star Wars. Let's get back, <laughs> get back to the <laughs> Mad Max. You'd be so, surprised how quickly I, it pizza. Goes. I, so I I went and saw it, uh, and my roommate is like not a Star Wars fan. Okay. Um, and what was his first thoughts? Because that's what I what I'm most it. interested in. Really? He absolutely hated it. Ah, which well, room? Here's, Max. This is Max. And here's okay, the thing, though. I can Max, see that Max wouldn't like. Max it. is not. Really, a sci-fi guy, but also he makes a very compelling argument about why. I think one of his biggest qualms with it is that, and he'll definitely correct me because I'm probably not going to say exactly the right <laughs> thing. But I think one of his biggest qualms with it is that it's not so much a movie franchise as he believes it's like a vehicle to sell toys. Which, like, <laughs> to be fair, there is some credence to that. Like some of the decisions made in the original trilogy by George Lucas specifically yes. were to drive toy sales. Like I mean, he's I, not wrong. Right. right. He's not and, and he's uh, you know I think he's a communist, you know? <laughs> George you Lucas. You should have led with that. Max. You should have oh, no. led with that. Yeah. So uh, my roommate, who's a communist, um he <laughs> so no, he like I think, you know. Disney is, is like an evil empire to him, uh, which man. like to be fair, like just I think the Fox. day before they like bought another very well off studio. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, I mean, you can you can see where like some of these ideas are kind of permeate my own thoughts. But like he it went is, into it, it is kind of, I think, ironic in a way that Disney creates is now in charge of a movie franchise about a small band of rebels against a giant empire. You know, like <laughs> you can see the irony there. Yeah, I. You know, I wanted to really like it. Yeah, like I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan. Like yeah. I, like played so many of those video games going up, like Shadow of the Empire. Yeah, like when the movies were like when I when the original trilogy trilogy was like re released in the 90s. Yeah, I was six or something when they started coming out. Yeah, and I thought that they were just being released at that time. Right. Nobody explained that to me. Granted, I was a six-year-old, so it's right. fine. But right. Yeah, you're pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I had I, no idea either. Yeah. I loved it. In hindsight, I should have asked my dad, like, why does he know everything that's going to happen? And like, because he's your dad. Oh, here's a space battle. That was, that that was, was my thought. <laughs> that was, wow, my dad's awesome. Dad's yeah. just smart. He can tell the future. Must dad, have been in the production be team. writer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, I think like, I, I loved Force Awakens when it came out. I yeah. saw that movie like five times in a month. Yep. Um, and nerd. I'm kidding. So did you. <laughs> I know, that was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think, you know, the... And, maybe, and this is like, maybe this was... Is his name Ryan Johnson or Rian Johnson? I've never known. Ryan, I think. Ryan? I've heard Ryan. Okay, we'll say Ryan. I've heard Rian from like two people. I want it, I want it to be Ryan, um, <laughs> just for some change. But you know, like I th I think 
in I think maybe he had like a, an uh, he, he very aggressively pursued that he wanted to subvert expectations and my personal thought yes. is that I think he did that to the point that it was a detriment to the plot. I would agree with that. Like I I there were some things that I think were set up in that movie um and they were set up in Force Awakens um that were ended for the sake of just ending them. I think yeah. the story that I heard and like it's the internet. I have no idea whether or not any of this has any sort of credibility to it, but all, I heard that it's all true. JJ had no plans post Force Awakens. Mm. That there was no planned story. It right. was just JJ Abrams made Force Awakens right. and then handed it off. Which right. which and then, poses slightly an issue. Uh, there are so many issues. Because like people would ar- make the argument that, you know, Lucas didn't direct five and six. Right. right. But he's still the writer of the entire, it was his entire story. story, right? It was his story. Well, so, he, but so, he wasn't the chief writer on Empire Strikes Back. But it, in terms of the, like, the screenplay and everything. Oh, yeah. Like, but the original, he is the writer like, of like, nine, the full yeah. story of Star Wars, right? Right. So having different directors is cool to change up the, the feeling and everything mm-hmm. of each of the movies and get a different take on it. But without a cohesive story from start to finish for three movies right. can pose some issues. And I think that's what people are seeing. It's at the point that like, granted, the third one hasn't come out yet, or technically the ninth one, yeah. sorry. Um, but it almost doesn't feel like a trilogy yet. Like, it doesn't mm. feel like there's a cohesive story yet. Right. Like, and I, and it's, there's, it's almost like the hijinks of just a couple of characters. Right. It's not, there's no overarching, like, path that they're going on. Like, that was obviously in the original trilogy. It was all about Luke becoming a Jedi and... Yeah. The hero's tale, and right. this is just kind of. Well, hey, Finn did this at a casino, <laughs> right? Right, that well, was cool. And, and that's and really like, here's Ray is now powerful, right? That's and it, exciting. And so right? far, the whole new trilogy seems to have happened in like two days. It has been. It was like, which is, it, yeah, which is pretty strange. Yeah. yeah, it happened in two days, a couple days. Yeah, and and now Ray's already uh, might not just be two days might be three we can't really tell I've yeah. only seen it once so I guess you guys and would, they never uh, you, you know that's one that. thing that they never really explained because and I always felt like a new hope happened in a day right like Luke gets picked up they immediately go to the Death Star immediately go to Yavin you know so it's hard to tell until they really specify and I guess you don't really know how long he was on Dagobah with yeah. Yoda either exactly mm-hmm. so that's like I guess that kind of bucks the whole. Because oh, Ray I, learned it way too fast. Because I would hope mm. that he didn't just drop, get dropped off, and train in two days, and then all of a sudden can take on Darth Vader. Right. Well, to be fair, he doesn't take on Darth Vader. Well, he tries. He tries. Yeah. But so that's what like, happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> but I, I guess like that's one of my main beefs of the movie is yeah. like what. Whether or not, like, I think Empire Strikes Back was probably subversive in its time. And I can only guess because, right. like, clearly I was not alive then. But, right. like, I think it was subversive back then because people <laughs> thought they were going to get... In- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to cough in the microphone. I'm just like... <laughs> but I think... I, that was great. When, when uh, like, A New Hope came out, you know, it's basically like the hero's journey, like right. from a hero of a thousand faces. Like, right, right. And and I think 
people didn't really that wasn't such a pop culture knowledge thing then and right. i think when empire strikes back came out they were assuming they were going to get more of the same and like imagine that's like i don't think something like that had been done in a blockbuster probably at that point granted blockbusters were probably like 5 years old at that point right so yeah, it's kind of an easy Jaws thing was to subvert 75 or something like right. that right new hope 77 and then empire strikes back was 80, 80. right so and 83 yeah. so then but I, I think that might be a part of why it was subversive. And and maybe there's like some pacing things there that people weren't totally getting at the time. Like yeah. It's been a while, you know. So yeah, I think it's everyone been a while. can. Oh, all right. <laughs> but the one thing that I think that they do well in that movie is like the same way, and spoilers if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, the same way that like Ned Stark dies in, uh, sorry to ruin that for you, Justin, in. Uh, Joking, oh wait, right? you actually don't watch that, do you? I don't. Oh shit. <laughs> I no, hold on. Well, that's I, your, own, <laughs> your own fault. It's been like eight years. Yeah. I watched the last season. <laughs> All right, well, now How do you I'm up to date on season seven? <laughs> I am I am up to date. <laughs> Especially in a show true. like that. That's just like diving in and watching Revenge of the Sith, and that's it. Right. It's like what? Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. Jumping in at Revenge of the Sith, I feel like there are worse things. You, you can well, jump yeah. in at but, episode one. But like those are two examples. Hey, no. Like like Luke losing to Darth Vader and Ned Stark dying are examples of consequences. Yeah. You know? Like the whole movie, the theme is in Empire Strikes Back, Luke, you're not prepared. Right. You need to complete your training. Right, right, right. This is a trap. And he doesn't get out of it unscathed, you know? Like, and neither does Han Solo. There are consequences for decisions the characters make. And that's just a good point of any story. That, right. like, something happens and there's an impact. And there just didn't really feel like that was the case in this movie. Granted, Luke Skywalker's dead. Snoke is dead. But, like, this like isn't a movie about those characters. This is about Finn and Rey and Poe. And none of those characters really seem to come out drastically different, better or worse no, than when they really. started the movie. I don't know. I would I would argue with that. I think Ray did. I think part of... I think she's the only one that you could argue for, though. Yeah. Well, and Kylo, too. Because the problem with them is, like, so for, if you didn't catch this, is, like, they're just two halves of the Force. Right. That's the right. whole point. Right. So... Balance. And Ray <laughs> is just innately trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So when she sees this vision, when she touches Kylo's hand about him killing Snoke... And betraying him, she thinks because she's naive about things that that Kylo's going to turn against his master and turn against the First Order. And if she's there at the right time, she can save him and turn him around. Mm -hmm. Not realize, just like how such a girlfriend like thing. Well, to do, just right? like all these Force visions, she likes are. the bad boys because oh, she can help. <laughs> she can help. She'll, she can change them. She'll change them. Yeah, Don't exactly. worry. So the consequence for her is that the Resistance is almost completely gone. Mm -hmm. Luke's dead, or give himself to the Force. And Kylo is now in more power and even stronger than he was before. Mm -hmm. And Kylo on the Which flip side scary. was thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. Was thinking Ray's going to have this connection with me and she's going to join forces. I'm going to kill Snoke, blah, blah, blah. So there, I mean, there are consequences. I don't think they're highlighted mm -hmm. as prominently as they could have been. Right. One thing I will say about this movie off of that is that it takes a few viewings to really let everything sink in. Which can be seen as a bad thing. Because like, why should I have to watch a movie like three times just to get the whole gist of it because right. Disney loves money. <laughs> that's why like, and that's what a lot, lot of people are saying is like that initial viewing didn't do it for me and that's a big deal breaker right which right. I can understand but yeah, th yeah this it's a very deep and complex film that I didn't walk out of the theater the first time in love with mm -hmm. no at all and I don't think anyone did it and was, I think that yeah, was just weird or 
half of the people definitely did not. I don't know. But like you look at the audience reports right now where it is like, what is it? Like 54% or something are for it or something. It's almost half and half of people walking out. Yeah, it's just 2016 election all over again. Yeah. (laughs) Everything I have heard, though, is exactly what you said, that those second viewings do help alleviate (laughs) a lot of the problems. But the, the main point that I have heard is that going back and watching it the second time, there are certain negative scenes that you know are coming and the blow is lessened because you just like you're expecting it. You're just like, eh, whatever. Apparently Princess Leia is about to fly across the screen mm-hmm. because the force is gonna save her <laughs> for some reason. She saved herself with the force. Right. And like, can we talk about that? Poor I guess. Sure. Yeah, just if poor I, execution. If I can, Everyone, I, I think I have an unpopular opinion. I didn't hate that scene. Okay, I loathed it. I, I absolutely loathed it just due to, like like you said, it was execution. There are so many other ways that you could have done that sequence. Yeah. But, ugh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't thought about it enough because I'm trying to put it out of my mind. <laughs> but kind of how I have tried to make it okay in my mind was I'm about to go full Marvel nerd right now. Um, there's a there's a deleted scene in The Incredible Hulk where <laughs> Edward Norton's character <laughs> tries to... I, I think he tries to jump out of a plane or something. I don't even know whether it's on the DVD. I know there was just rumors of this scene, but he, he tries to kill himself by jumping off of a plane, and then the Hulk saves him because the Hulk knows that like he is part of the same person, mm-hmm. so right. he turned into the Hulk to save himself. Well, he even says that in Avengers too. Does he make a? He tries, well, not he the, not the thing. He tries shoot to shoot himself. He, said oh, yeah, he, he put a gun him. in his mouth, and the, the the big guy spit it out, or whatever he says. Right. Okay. No, yeah. no, I do remember. So that similar one. kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of something like that, where, I mean, Leia is dying, and it's this thing that is innately in her, yeah. that is keeping her alive. Yeah. Um. I, don't know. I didn't. I, th- I didn't see it, it as that though. I th- I literally thought it was it was because like you know, Return of the Jedi. There's like the moment you realize that like Leia also has abilities of the Force because right. she's Darth Vader's daughter and right, all this right. shit. But to me, that was her like at the brink of death, doing something she had never tried before in the desperate hope that it would save her life. I don't think it's a very well executed scene. No, it didn't look good. But here's, but here's why I think it's all right to have a problem with that scene because earlier in the movie, they have that bombing scene, right? Right. And in that scene, Rose's older sister, who I think would have been a far better character to have in place of Rose the entire fucking movie. Agreed. uh, She, like, you're in that bombing area of the ship and you see that the rules of space apparently don't apply. Yeah, because you open up that cargo bay. you can see all the way down in like, maybe there's like a a force field or something. Yeah, they cover that stuff in like like some extra spinoff novella. It's in that, uh, the, Casino book with a, the why, oh my god what's the name of it the the new book that Canto Bright Canto Bright yeah oh Canto it's Bright. actually explained in there no I made that oh. up but like <laughs> but I would but, believable but like, though but like best of people that's, are, that's such a Star Wars thing though like that we'll you have such it. so glaring like that yeah. right but then there are people online that will be like oh no well they explained it in this like with hyperspace dragon oh there's the thing in Rogue there's a one. throwaway line in Rogue One right that says oh hyperspace tracking which like, like oh okay that. 
which I don't have we'll, a big issue we'll with go that. to that later. But like, oh, yeah, that but, was pretty cool. But like, that's the thing with, I think with the Leia scene is that with the Rose's older sister, you know, that rule doesn't apply. The vacuum of space doesn't affect people at all. Yet then we have this scene where you have all these important rebel generals dead in space. And Leia's like frozen over. And then R.I.P. She Admiral Akbar, by the way. Yeah, right. Which is a terrible send off. Although, granted, I think the voice actor died like he did nine months ago. So I, that might have been why they did that. It's still. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's a. She has the force, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't know 100% if she has or has not taken a little bit of training from Luke. Maybe she has. Yep. And in that desperate of a moment, adrenaline pumping on the verge of death, that's when something like that would kick in and she no, could do whatever she wants. But I understand that. It but just it's, looked goofy. It looked really goofy. And she's straight, like, I know a lot of people. And the way called, she flies. Yeah, is she just flies weird. like Superman. Yeah. And the whole thing is just goofy. And the way those, like, moon rays or whatever were hitting her, just, it was just fucking strange, right, man. Right, right. It, it was definitely the uh, the swinging monkeys with Shia LaBeouf sequence of uh, of this the movie. Fuck, are you talking? What about? the hell? Oh, really? You guys don't remember that from uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Oh, I put that movie oh, out of my mind. Yeah, never seen Shia it. LaBeouf swinging with monkeys. That that was exactly how I felt in this sequence. It was just like I can see this that. useless CGI sequence mm. that looked horrible. And it was just, I don't know. The whole thing was poorly executed. It didn't look very good. And it was not needed. Especially, oh, so no, no, go, go for it. Keep going. I was just going to say, like, and I'm sure a lot of people have had the same complaint that you have Carrie Fisher, RIP. Um, there was a moment, there are so many moments, I guess, in that movie to send her off the right way. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like they shoehorned her back to life. For what reason? I think that was part of the script and they didn't want to change it. And that's right. true. Well, I I'm think sure. too, another thing, but like that, again, I understand like how she was supposed to do it and like why it is not like, you know, not well executed. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's also another example of like the movie having like less than, less than consequences. Right. What was the whole point of Kylo Ren? in that spaceship scene. Like, he made the decision not to kill her, but then she got blown up anyways. Right. You know? Right. And maybe that's, like, to display his situation a little bit and, right. like, his own trapness. Right. But I just think, like, I would agree with you, Justin. There were there is a better way to pull off that scene. I think so. You know? Um, yeah, there's a few. I mean, there's a few complaints that I have. Like, with the Canto Bite thing and Maz Kanata being in the middle of that battle when they're talking to her about the code breaker. Right. It's just some goofy shit with that and the right. casino that I, I could have done without. Well, well that, the whole casino thing, I think you could have, like, they just, like, took Finn at, like, and you and I talked about this, Justin, that yep. in the first movie, one of the things that I think drove it very well was the relationship between Finn and Ray. Mm-hmm. And, and Ray is this conflicting thing in Finn's life in The Force Awakens, right? right? He finally decides to run away from the First Order and Poe is the, the vessel that does it to him. And then Poe's gone for the whole movie, right. you know? And right. I'm sure that's covered in like a comic somewhere, what he did. And then... What Poe whole, did? Yeah. To get he, off like, of Jakku. Oh, okay, right, right, right. okay. And then as he's fleeing, you know, the First Order, Ray is the only thing that convinces him to do something slightly different. And right. then he makes the decision eventually... To try and come back for Ray, right? And so there's like obviously he's into her, and like not sure what her feelings are towards him. When but that whole movie is you're looking at their relationship and those 
conflicting forces. And then this one, none of that is touched on. Well, you like, get get back to what you talked about earlier about how this movie takes place. A, it's immediately after Force Awakens. Right. Like, it picks up right where Force Awakens left off. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the first shots of the movie is Finn waking up right. in his, like, rehab suit. Mm-hmm. And your first inclination when you see him wake up is like, oh, he's going to try and, like, find Ray or mm-hmm. something. And it's within, what, 10 minutes of the movie of him waking up, he finds Rose. And then they go off and they do their own thing. And now they have a... Well, to be romance. fair, that was the exact first thing he said. Yeah. yeah. First like, he even when he hits like, his head on the thing when he, like, wakes Ray? up, he just says... He like he screams Ray as he like jerks up and hits his head. But that was about it in the whole movie. Well, like there was a sequence yeah. at the end where like they're on the they're the, actually united at the end, right? And then and it's a throwaway sequence. Like right. it's not like well, kind of. Okay, I mean I I've only seen it once. Like I said, right. I, well, I like would I say I the remember. importance of her lifting all those boulders and moving them and rescuing the entire resistance, and right. then finally gets reunited with Finn wasn't as impactful as it could have been, right. but it was there. There's a lot of stuff. I think there was a lot of things that they had to squeeze into this one movie. Yeah. Right. That I mean, was that was really tough to do. If I if I can, I think they would have had a, an easier time squeezing it in if they didn't put Rose in the movie. Or if they had let her sister be a part because like I would say Rose as a character is like my probably my biggest issue with the movie. And I think she in turn I, relates to like the casino world. Um and I <laughs> I don't know. It just felt a little shoehorned. Like I know Star Wars movies introduce new characters yeah. and and all these things, and I'm not against that at all. But it just like I don't know. She was just like this cheery, bright. Things are bad, but we she have was to be better. Knives Chow from Scott. Pilgrim. She was Knives Chow from Scott Pilgrim. Exactly. She was so bubbly and fun, <laughs> and I I didn't have a problem with her until I think you and I have talked about it more, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, she really didn't serve all that much of a purpose. Right. I think her sister would have been a more fascinating character. And I I think I've seen this trope in other things. The biggest example that comes to mind is Final <laughs> Fantasy XII, but uh, <laughs> I love video games. Which listen but to our next I episode. Played any of those you after nine. To Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> but like, you know, the, the character of like the warrior's younger sibling, right? Like her older sister is this badass who like dies for the resistance in like kind of a questionable sequence, which is pretty cool to watch but like you know i get what they did there but but then you know she's not this like very grief stricken like she's still bubbly and like happy and everything's gonna be good yeah like there's these bad people here and again obviously caveat is that i also have only seen it once but i just remember i don't know feeling you know kind of beat over the head with like her personality yeah (laughs) you know i i'm right there with you that was that but, was her characterization, was that and, she was a bubbly, friendly, like, yeah. character, Re- I guess. Rebel I don't, person. Yeah. I, right. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it was that and then her necklace. I feel like that was really the only things that were really fleshed out about her, is that she had a sister that died. She cared for her homeland. But then she gives the she gives the necklace to Benicio, right? That's like the whole shit. Yeah, and he uses it to zap the door open and then gives it back. Okay, is that what it is? And then turns them in. Yeah, and then turns them in. Right. But yeah, I didn't hate Rose. Uh, I didn't love Rose either. She's yeah. just kind of there. Right. And, and that's fine. really, I, I, it's like, I don't like hate the character of Rose, but I just right. see like in this story, in this story that they've told, yeah. a path that like has, again, no like real impact. Where's it going? Yeah. Right. Like, why is this here? You know? And yeah. 
I can see that. But I've, like, I think the root of, of that whole thing is the fact that Rose's character isn't given an interesting kind of story to latch on because she is vital to the whole casino thing. And the whole casino thing is vital to the fact that for the first time in the Star Wars universe, the way ships operate is different, which is the whole like space chase scene, which takes up the like, whole movie. But it's basically <laughs> the whole movie. That to me was just like... <laughs> Like just the fact that they're coasting after each other, right? They're yeah, coasting, like, and the lasers lob through space. Again, another rule. In yeah, Star that Wars was. That I, I did notice that. Yeah. Why? Like, yeah, it should, just, there's no resistance. It just goes in a straight line. That's there's, nitpicking. For there's sure. some things. No, it is. There, but there's some things that I, after watching Star Wars movies so much, it just pass off to like filmmaking choices. Right. Yeah. Like right. it looks cool, so whatever. Right. It's fine. For now, but I no, I didn't. I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that they're... That's one thing that my co-host uh, Mopar said is that just they're just coasting after each other for like a few hours. Right. Waiting to... For nothing, really. And and I get like what they're going for. Like yeah. the sense of like impending doom all right, the time. Right, right, right. But I just think it could have been done, again, differently. <laughs> and, and I think that mechanic that they introduced to me is kind of like a crux as the story. Like Yeah, and they try to cover it a few times too. Because I was like... Why don't they just send a whole giant squadron of TIE fighters out to go chase him down? And there's a range issue. But then Hux says something while Kylo's out there. He's like, we can't cover you at this range, blah, blah, blah. You got to pull back. Right. So they do try to like cover their tracks there. Yeah. I just think them coasting after one another through space is not the most interesting thing in Especially the world. Especially when it's a uh, multi, like hundred million dollar franchise. And that's the movie. Right. Two giant spaceships floating in space for... <laughs> hours right not to say that there weren't like there were a lot of great action sequences i thought in that movie but when that Definitely. is that's the middle of that movie is well that's ongoing the fleet of ships yeah right and that's not i mean i don't want to say that is the movie or anything right but that, that's a lot of the movie is just yeah one random ship falling back because it ran out of gas right and then they blow it up right right i always I mean, I think what people were most excited for in this one was Kylo and Luke Skywalker and Rey. No, Laura Absolutely. Dern for me. Really? I was <laughs> most excited for Laura Dern in it. She did a good acting job. I'm not, I I'm was, not a huge fan of her character, though. No, I'm not either. I, I get her point. But. I had no idea that she was in that movie. And I think that, like, Star Wars has always been such, like, a... Like, as a kid, it was always just such a, like, escapist thing yeah. for me. That, oh, yeah. Like, if you're ever feeling down in the dumps, you put Star Wars on, even if it was like the new trilogy. You put it on and you just forget everything. Yeah. It's I don't know what... In. Like, it, it just felt different than movies. What's bothering you, Justin? I just thought Laura Dern <laughs> completely took me out of that movie. I might be the only one. It was so weird to see her in that. And I'm is, just she, like, is she the uh, is she the woman from the first Jurassic Park? Yeah. Okay, uh, Purple-haired. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard a lot of people took, just saying like out. her appearance and attire was felt very not resistance and just like, felt like she wasn't in the right place. It felt she like she very, was like, like a politician. A, she was a behind the scenes character in the fifth element is what she looked like. <laughs> With that hair Ooh, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Crossover. Right? Crossover. But at the same time, you do have the general of the resistance <laughs> what is, is in like, uh, you know, she's like Leia's always decked out because yeah. right. she's a princess. That's true. And Han Solo is what, like a general by the end of the first series? And he's, yeah, in a well, vest. by the fifth one, really. Yeah. And then you have Mon well, Mothma and things who are in like nice, like robes and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I get it. I just, I would have liked to see someone like Akbar 
who is from the rebellion and has a track record. Because <laughs> I just feel like there's this <laughs> Sorry. random person who has ended up taking over for Leia. Right. Yeah. It would have been nice to like Akbar not get blown up on the bridge and have right. him take over and do the light speed ram of Snoke's ship and all that and like sacrifice himself. Or He's even been in that fight for. I wanted. Yeah. Like because like yeah. he, have like, Leia do that again. There's the thing of like if how Leia's to send her character. Off. Well, not even how to send her off because I mean, granted, like I, I would hope that nobody on that set knew she was gonna die. Of course. Um, but if they did, that's fucked up. But like, there's the whole thing where like Poe's whole first act of the movie is to basically fuck over the resistance, you right. know, in not intentionally, but in the sense of like, he's trying to be he's a too hero headed or whatever. Right. And he gets demoted by Leia. And then she's needlessly in a coma for the whole movie. Right. If instead there had been a conflict between this general, of the resistance and her top, you know, pilot or whatever and there was the conflict of their broken relationship because of a decision he made an right. actual consequence of it and instead that drama was put on another character because it's Star Wars and we need to bring in a new well, celebrity well yeah it was put on first. hold and then Holdo came in right and was the antagonist against Poe for a little bit right but I think it would have just been more interesting if like him and Leia right because yeah. I mean if you're gonna be bringing in like an, an old Star Wars person like look what they did with Han Solo like right. he was he like called Finn out for his bullshit. Like some, right. of, the, some of the funniest shit in the first movie doesn't suffer from intercontextuality, which I no. think is rampant in the new Star Wars one. Like, I don't know how they did that in seven, but Han Solo comes in. He half steals the show because he's a famous Star Wars character, right. but he doesn't really take away from Ray and Finn and everybody else. Right. Like no. he becomes the spotlight for a second, but he doesn't take away from the new main characters. Right. I don't know how that they balance that so well. It was well, crazy. Well, because and we talked about this, Justin, that Maybe. I think I think there's like in inner contextuality. Like mm -hmm. so many in that that wasn't the idea of intercontextuality is something is important in this movie because of its relation to something else, generally in another movie. Right. And I think like if you look at the first if you look at the prequel trilogy, there is next to none of that. There is, you know, besides the fact that, like, it's about Obi-Wan and it's about Darth Vader. Right. Like, that's all that's important to the other movie. But it's also important because that is the driving plot. Those are the characters of right. the movies. And this one, it seemed like every fucking half hour, 15 minutes, there was some throwback to another movie right. that was used in place of a good argument for a plot point. For example, it was fan service. There right. is quite it's a fan. bit of fan service. And I that, will agree. And it's, that, like, I get it. Like, we're all Star Wars fans. Yeah. Like, I, I, again, I still like this movie. Like, right. I have a lot of issues with it, clearly. But, like, in the first movie, Hans, in, in Force Awakens, like, Han Solo's hilarious because he's a changed character from the first series. Like, right? In the first series, he's this, like, suave space captain guy who like gets the ladies and like flirts with Leia and then when Finn's trying to do that he says listen to me women always find out the truth exactly. and that's hilarious right. not just because it's a commentary on Finn's plot but because he is different from the first trilogy because yeah, he changed. was that character because he tried to like swindle that shit with Leia and she wasn't having it right and yeah. so now we but see this changed Han Solo and then she did have it and now and Han's and now here we Kylo Ren <laughs> there we go but then, but then like an, another example in Force Awakens he's like well you know Finn says like we'll figure it out we'll use the force right. and he's just like that's not how the force works <laughs> and again that's funnier because the inner contextuality there is that we know he used to not believe in it in the first movie and now 
he knows enough about it to tell some idiot in the new movie that he's got it all wrong. And I don't, I don't right. think it's necessarily, like, as far as the new movie goes, it's not negative that they had the fan service. And these, like, limited examples that you have listed just right there, it's how subtle they are. Mm. It's all in subtlety. Like, yes. I feel like the new movie, like, if there was anything, it just, like, bashed you over the head with it. Right. Like, hey, guys, Star Wars, right? Right. And then everyone in the audience is just like, ooh, Star Wars. And that like, happened in the theater. See, and I did that. That's kind of how I did I, that. That's kind of how I felt about Rogue One. Because yeah. it takes place right before A New Hope, so mm. it's all that the whole, shit from the original movie is in your face the entire time. Right. Arguably, though, the best scene in that movie is fan service. Yes. Oh, so, Darth Vader. That was that made like the movie. It made 30 the movie. seconds of the biggest fan service that any franchise has oh, ever it was seen. Amazing. Ever. Right. Yeah, it, was it was absolutely great. amazing. No, and I love the movie as a Star Wars fan. I, I remember that scene. I literally was in the theater with Casey Costello, and I was just like, yeah. oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. We were be, all like, to be like, fair, that happened the edge twice in this movie. Mm -hmm. And the first one was when Snoke. Mm -hmm. Gets sliced in half, and the second one was the, the hyper space. show up. <laughs> Snoke's throne room, the entire Snoke's throne room scene was that was awesome. I get more like I like that more and more every time I see it. Right. I I will probably say that is within without a doubt top three fights ever in Star Wars. Yeah, because that, it, the whole thing, yeah, it, it gives sweet. us the thing we always want. You know, like a, an actual group battle that is not just green screen. Right, right. You know, but I think I don't know. I'm I think some of my biases from this movie are the fact that, uh, sure, I had my own theories about it, and like I have my own ideas of how they could have subverted this. Tends to be what most of it is, yeah. Right. We all are like, oh, I had a better idea. Well, like I said, I didn't come out of the theater the first showing loving it. Right. I was like, fucking Snoke's dead. What the right, hell? Right. Ray's parents are nobodies. And what is happening? Maybe, maybe. I right. still hold hope for that. Yes, yeah. but but I think also like a. One issue I have with some of the major plot points in both of these movies, Force yeah. Awakens and Last Jedi, mm -hmm. is they they make the decision to tell, not show. For example, first movie, we're told before Kylo Ren takes his mask off that he is Han Solo's son. Right. Like we're that's just in a conversation, you know, where it's they, a they, they line. keep saying our son in that like right. you know exchange between Han and Leia. When it could and have to been me, like, so much more. Impactful. What if he just takes the mask off and his face isn't disfigured? And like they actually have a conversation. Like if they didn't have the interaction with Han and Leia in The Force Awakens, and the only time he takes his mask off is at the end when he's on the bridge, that would have been fucking crazy. Because people would have been wanting to know that and thinking that the whole movie. And then this one, True. we have Rey going to, you know, the origin of the Jedi's planet, and she goes home down of the that, home of the Porgs, home of the Porgs, <laughs> the first Jedi, and. <laughs> Oh man, I want there to be a Borg Jedi down. Anyway, there probably is. Um, but like, then there's that whole sequence where she like, you know, goes down that the weird... Harry Potter sequence, right? Yeah. But like, why <laughs> is that really? Happened. Is that really what people are calling? It, it? just sounds like yeah. it does. Look or, and looks like it oh, looks like, like Harry Potter the mirror sequence. where like show me what I really right because yeah. he goes but, like, that mirror in the first one. Yeah. Why Harry Potter? Why would you not utilize like you have the magical ability to display any point of history? Right. In that sequence. Right. But why is she just told that Kylo Ren saw it? Why does he just say your parents are no ones? Why right. not show us that? True. And have her Because maybe it's not true. Sure. But I think that's also like fans holding out hope that well, it's not true. But, and we right. are. So <laughs> about about the Force visions, how they come true, how they always come half true. So if you think Anakin in episode three, mm -hmm. he has a vision that Padme is going to die in childbirth. 
She does die in childbirth because he fucking went crazy trying to save her and ended up Darth Vader and then she, her heart was broken and then she's dead. Mm. So if he had just calmed down, that wouldn't have come true at all. And then you see in this one, Ray and Kylo Ren touch hands. Ray sees that he's going to turn. He does turn and kill Snoke, but he doesn't turn to the light side. Right. Because that's what she thinks is going to happen. But she can't, you can never see the full vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if Ren has seen her parents somewhere in a vision, that could totally be in like a, a misinterpretation mm. on his part. Interesting. And he thinks there's something that they're actually not. That's one option. Or two, he's just talking shit to her to like to make break, her, break her down and make her angry. And right. yeah, try to get her like to, uh, to switch sides. Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought. That's that's just my hope. Yeah, I hope that too. Just that's, to be clear, yeah, <laughs> I, I really do. I, it's cool that she's a nobody. It harkens back to Anakin, right? Being some random slave kid from a backwater desert planet. Mm. Well, he had like a uh, a very large Mysterious. amount of midichlorian, and uh, like his midichlorian count was very high, higher than Master Yoda even. So that would make sense <laughs> that he. <laughs> would have become a Jedi. That's what Luke should have done as soon as Ray showed up is take Ray's take a blood sample. Let's go ahead take yeah. a blood sample. sample. Come on yeah. now. No, Qui-Gon the, had one. I mean, I feel yeah, like exactly. that. But it, Luke would have. They got to have one back on, on that to original be Jedi planet. <laughs> my, my point, though, isn't that it's uh, bad that her parents are no ones. Right. But that we are just told that randomly. I understand. Yeah, because yeah. there's, no, there's no impact of that line at all. Right, she like there just, should be. She's crying. That should break the audience down. Right, I feel like instead we of should just like, experience it the same way she does. Your parents are nothing, and you're just like, oh, that, that's it. That's, like, what if we that's show, how we're going like, to do it? You, they were drug addicts or whatever he says. Like, what if we see that? What if I think we, he just said they're junkers, right? Not junkies. Did he say junkies? Junk, junkies, junk and then he said junkers. Oh, okay, it was both. Okay. I'm making that up. I, I so, They sold her off for drinking they're drunk, money. They're, they're, junk, they're junky drunkers. <laughs> drunky junkers. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, Drunk junkers. Again, drunkers. the thing is, I, I also, I really like that plot point. I just don't, like, my yeah. only issue with this movie is, like, how they is executed things. Right. Um, uh, back to what your very first point was, Ryan Boards. Johnson went to lengths to try to tell fans to calm the fuck down about theories and everything. Right. Yep. With Luke chucking the lightsaber over his shoulder, I still hate that moment. Right, I know what he was going for, but it drives me nuts. It like the significance of your father's lightsaber that's been through so much history. That that it still drives me nuts. But that's the point that he was trying to make, and he tried to make through a lot of the movie mm-hmm. was for fans need to stop overanalyzing everything. And like Kylo says it fourteen times, let the past die. Right, like all all throughout the freaking movie. That yep. spark. Where the fucking spark of the spark? Right. Spark and spark. <laughs> Wrong hand gesture. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. But I, you know, to harp back to my original point then is like, what if you just made the movie and didn't worry about people overanalyzing it? You know? And I, I think there are some things he did in there in the ways that he did them that I think he made some plot point sacrifices because like he probably was like, that's too Star Wars. I need to make something a little different. It can't be that. I like to think you know? that they sit down, they they think about the story, the characters, and they make the movie that mm-hmm. they want to make. In this one, it feel like he did that and then threw in a few things about fanboys need to calm the hell down. Right. right. And he threw in a few too many. Right. I think. 
Fanboys are never going to calm down. We're never going to calm down. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> like the internet, especially with the internet, we're just going to get crazier and crazier. Well, yeah. How many times <laughs> have you send, uh, signed the uh, change.org petition to have this movie removed from the Star Wars I didn't Wars sign canon? that one. How fucking dumb is that? <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing. Is it real? Yeah. yeah. They want that's to. Real thing. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing fucking Congress does this year. <laughs> <laughs> They want These people have their faith in the wrong fucking institution. <laughs> um, they want. I did, however, sign the eight. one. I did have the one where they, um, the change.org petition mm-hmm. to um, have Ryan Johnson killed by forced electricity. That mm-hmm. one I signed. It seems reasonable. No, I think there's. I feel like I have a very hard time believing <laughs> that mean, anyone no? anyone would be against that. For sure, for sure. But I think it's a reasonable thing to do. It's bipartisan. We're about, I feel like that is the most American thing that we can do <laughs> that at this is. point. He's yeah. about to give us a full trilogy. You can't die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 despite all that, I am, you know, I'm very excited to see what he does in this other trilogy. I think it's just a looper spinoff is actually what <laughs> I would take. So I would even take that. Bruce to Willis <laughs> is actually Darth Maul. That's one of the twists of Looper. It's actually Bruce Willis with with uh, makeup on that makes him look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm-hmm. as Darth Maul, undercover, right? As old Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> but then they go into the future, and it's actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt again for some reason. Yeah, he had a cameo in this. Did yeah, he? I heard about that. Yeah, who was the? Um, a lot of the people from Brick did right. The rich guy on Canto Bite that was complaining about them parking on the beach. That was was Joseph Gordon-Levy? Yeah. Love it. Um, One thing quickly. Yoda scene? I was for it. I liked it. I liked that they did the puppet. He looked... Well, here's my issue is that he... It looked like he was CGI'd for the first like shot or two. Mm -hmm. And then was a puppet. So as soon as he came on, I was like, you look... He doesn't look right. Right. What's happening? Why don't you just grab the puppet from six and just use it again? And then the movie responded and said, okay. Yeah, and then, exactly. <laughs> Three seconds later, yeah, here's a puppet. No, so I, I don't know how that happened, but I think that. But again, the scene was good. I I think it's a good scene, and like again, I everything I've said up to this point has been like I had a problem with this for this reason. But but I still, but I still very like negative. I very. But negative. at the same time, I still liked it. And here's an example of a scene that exactly. I liked. I feel like that that's think, your consensus of the movie. Is like I had an issue with it for this, but I still liked it. Right. Well, I mean, I think at a certain point, like. I'm a fan of Star Wars, not because like they're perfect movies, but because like I like Star Wars. Yes, right? you know it's like the same way. Like I'm a fan of like Tron. certain bands and yeah. Tron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like you know, <laughs> sorry band... to shoehorn Tron into the podcast today, but we couldn't make it through without referencing it at least once. In the classic Tron Legacy, the sequel. I still maintain Tron Legacy, not a bad movie. I will agree with you. I like watch it. it. I have you it on. Uh, it? No, I do love Jeff Bridges though. So I will say like... 3D Blu-ray. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that, I'd say, I would argue that is probably the only movie worth watching in 3D. Okay, I, I, will, I will believe you with that. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not a 3D fan. I love that movie in 3D. Uh, nice. Valerian was pretty sweet in 3D. Really? I yeah. didn't hear Did anything good about that? that movie. Yeah, no. it, got, I heard it, was it bad. got pretty much half and half reviews, but I liked it a lot. Cool. It was fun. I'm a big fan of Mass Effect, so it kind of felt like that. Yeah, that's really? what I heard. Yep. Cool, I like Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, it was sweet. Um... Sorry to take everything off. No, it's okay. I had, I had one thing <laughs> no, to say. No, my favorite thing in Tron Legacy. No. <laughs> the Porgs. Oh, here's, the here's porgs. how I, The Porgs, yeah. <laughs> fun, uh, fun fact. They actually, they did the Porgs because they couldn't get those... The Puffins, the right? The Puffins off the yep. fucking island when they filmed. Which they were just I love. like, all right. I love. Yeah, it's cool. But I don't get the hate for Porgs. I don't, I don't get it at all. I thought, I thought like... Porgs, they didn't do anything. They porgs were adorable. Made sense to me. 
I did too. I hated him before the movie because everyone was so obsessed. Oh no! And I was I'm like, get the Porgs out of my fucking face. I am more obsessed with Porgs now. Uh, but after then, the movie. yes, exactly. Once I saw the movie, they didn't go like save the day like the Ewoks did. I'm cool with them. Right? They didn't. They weren't Jar Jar Binks and were like a very, very obvious racial stereotype. <laughs> Some birds or like might, Some birds disagree. might disagree with me, but <laughs> fuck them. They don't have thumbs. I know the uh, the puffin film community is a little disappointed <laughs> that they were left out of the uh, that, final cut. Is of that what you were gonna say though? <laughs> were you, was your last? Yeah, thing we <laughs> No, my last thing was not interrupting you. My <laughs> last thing was I summed it down and say there's a lot of dumb shit in every Star Wars movie. Yep, for sure. You go back and watch even four. Like there's some really goofy shit in four. Yeah. I hate the trash compactor scene. I know people. Some some people love that. Yeah, but there's just goofy stuff all over the place, man. You got Jar Jar Binks. Like, <laughs> little known fact: those the trash compactor that was actually a um, uh, mutated porg. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's crazy. No, it's Noga it, is a mutated. Porg. It's in the extended universe. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Understand. Which is now no, non-canon. But yeah. that's like like to go back to what I said about my roommate initially. Like, yeah. I think he has bring very, it all the way back to communism. Very. It's all back. It's all about <laughs> communism. No, but like I mean, like I don't like go to a Star Wars movie because it's going to be the greatest movie of I've course. ever seen. Like, I'll go to a Christopher Nolan movie for that. Of course. To be like quite honest. Right. But like, it's so, like, I like the universe. I want yeah. to know what happens next. Of course. And, and like, I'm not like, obviously I can like hate on a movie, which I've just done for probably the most hour. But like, yeah, still enjoy and it. And still watch it a hundred times. Right. Yeah. I will watch it again. I hadn't heard any of that stuff about how a second viewing changes things. So. If so and here's what I've said, we'll close with this. So my wife, I've been trying to get her into Star Wars. Mm. She's seen 7, she likes that, and that's it. Took her to see 8, she loved it. Yeah. Didn't have didn't go in. All she wanted to do was like go see Ray do more stuff. Had no baggage or expectations, no Snoke theories, no Ray parents theories. Right. And that she was, loved the movie. And now she actually wants to go back and watch the other ones. So was I was the marketing of that. that movie was, "Hey, come see Ray do stuff." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's literally what she was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, Ray did stuff. She's pleased. Oh, hey, she did that thing that she does. <laughs> cool. I mean, my favorite part of that movie was Ray doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All so. the stuff. Do you remember that thing that she did? That one stuff was great. That, that was one cool. stuff. <laughs> so I would say diehard Star Wars fans, if you had crazy expectations and didn't love the movie, Go see it another time or two in the theaters. Give Disney all of your money before you finally base <laughs> or make any sort of opinion on this movie. Rise up. You are the proletariat. <laughs> the bourgeois is controlling you. Go see Tron Legacy. Go see Tron Legacy. In theaters. Go see Beck. This, Go see Beck. <laughs> this December 2010. <laughs> Was it December? Or no, October. It was October 2010. Who cares? Who knows <laughs> the release date of that movie? Of Tron Legacy. I <laughs> she was uh, July. All that would have been uh, April 2009, 20, I believe. We're going to we end it on that note, I think. Okay. All right, that's enough. We've gone too far. <laughs>